And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, well, hello, hello, and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire, episode 369. My name is Christian. My call signs, Kilo Zero, Sierra Tango Hotel. And welcome to it all up in the cut. We were just saying that uh, I think Scotty said it best. It is hotter than Uncle Paul's Roasted Nuts Factory right after a brand new batch. And I have to agree. I have to agree. We got a break. We got a break today and maybe 94 and considered a break in the weather. It was 103 or 104 yesterday. It's crazy. And you'll hear a little fan on in the back because, sorry, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist, but not if I'm hotter than Uncle Paul's Roasted Pickled Nuts, sold exclusively at Uncle Paul's Pickled Nuts, and distributed at PastorJoe'sHouse.com. Good evening, Sidecar Steve, W7UDI. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm roasting here. We're not, not fully yet, but uh, we're getting there. We're warming up. We're going to be in the triple digits this coming week and uh, in the uh, low 90s right now, so it's a warm one. Let us know what's going on in the chat. Our friends are always invited uh, to stop by at the live recording. We do this on Sundays at 6 o'clock Central Time, and uh, we roll it out. Let us know what the temperature is where you are as we are recording this live. We're at 89 degrees. Scotty's here. KC3BXN. What's going on on the Maryland side? It's, uh, it's hot. You know, I'm not far from the, uh, from the nut factory across the ways there in New Jersey. It's, I know that's uh, hit, right. Hit 99 today. You could so, probably uh, smell the nuts from here, yeah? Uh, if the wind is blowing just right, sure. sure. It's, it's delightful. Uh, quite, a, quite an aroma. Uh, the pickling. I bet you smell all kinds <laughs> of stuff from Jersey. It's a pickling. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> there we go. That was Sidecar Steve, friends, not your friend, Christian. Uh, so we're going to be talking uh, a little bit. People are liking the tunes in the pre-show. Uh, I think we did four of them. Three of them have come out of the hit factory out of uh, Ellicott City. Scotty has put those together and um, lent them to the show. So we uh, we use those. Uh, they'll probably make a crossover. We ran a new one out this time that'll be used over on Hour 73, which is cool. My thanks to Scotty for banging that out. We're just going on and on. And I'm like, how about blues? We'll just do some blues, and then uh, he gets to work on uh, uh, ripping out a little bit of blues. So that's cool. We also had a uh, a track by Mark's nephew, and uh, so that was a brand new one, kind of chill. It's called Storm, yeah, and his name it. is kind of Kyber. Let's uh, check this out. Look. Hear that? Little little drop comes in here. Got to get out of here and get some fresh air yeah, because... super mellow and you can kind of start cuddling your HT. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, having a romantic evening with your HT. I invited people from Hour 73 who may not be uh, amateur radio <laughs> operators to, if they wanted to, uh, get a glimpse at amateur radio. So here we are. We're talking about waft, wafting nut smell that are pickled. Pickled nuts are actually a thing. And uh, Steve's talking about cuddling his HT while listening to track. So whatever, you know, welcome to it. Amateur Radio, you might as well get involved through us. I mean, we'll, we'll be the gateway to your, uh, your radio. Might as well do it. We're going to get into it. Let's get into it right. Yeah, let's do it right. Um, we're going to be talking about deep. new uh, radios or new, actually, new. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, 
I was waiting for Sherry. Sherry was licking her fingers, eating eating something sticky over there. <laughs> <laughs> so at least she cleaned her fingers and uh, then gave us the button. Oh, the HR department here will let people know when things get a little bit out of control or perception may be skewed. We're going to be talking about uh, HTs a little bit tonight and getting into HF radios. Put a question out earlier this week about new hams. Steve, we see them all and we hear about them all the time. You don't always hear new technicians on HF, of course. The privileges are quite limited for a technician. That's why we kind of encourage you to kind of keep studying to get your general and find that mistress that I love so much is HF, where you can talk around the world. But we were talking about finding the new technicians and then kind of letting them in on, you know, a good purchase for an HT. And there's some really interesting feedback that came across our social media outlets about, um, you know, what to kind of suggest to new hams. And there's a lot involved. And we'll get into that tonight. But if you're here listening to uh, the recording of this show, um, put down in the chat what you would suggest. If you didn't do it on the socials earlier this week, do it while you're here now. What do you recommend to new technicians for HT radios? But budget-friendly. we got to think about budget-friendly here. We're not trying to spend other people's money. That's a, You know, you could easily say, I got that $600 radio, but mm, yeah, no problem. That's but off-putting a little bit. dollars is a lot of money. For, it's a lot of money. And they're out folks. there like that, too. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, there's $600 HTs out on the market. At least there were. Oh, no, no, they still are. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe the cost of some of these digital multi-band uh, radios from the from the big three. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. Was it all? I mean, Steve, I, I would imagine, Steve, mm-hmm. and I say this out of respect because you've been in this for 40 years. Back in... Just in the 80s, say, or even the 90s, HTs, buying an HT, I, I know the technology's changed. It seems like they want to pack a lot into these newer ones. You can do some digital modes. What was it like, just like in the 80s and the 90s, in terms of HT and getting into the game then? Oh, it was it was pretty expensive. I mean, I, the first HT I bought was a crystal-controlled radio, and it was probably $139.00. Just for a six channel, you have to then go buy crystals Ooh. on top of that. Well, we're talking 1977. So mm. factor in <clears throat> what's gone over the years, inflation and everything. And I don't know what that would come out to be today's dollars. It'd probably be $400 or something like that. If, but uh, yeah, you know, in the 80s, we're starting to get into synthesized radios. But when it came to HTs, they were pretty much still uh, rock bound. They're... I think the Tempo S1 came out. I think that was a, <clears throat> a handheld. That was one of the first synthesized ones. And um, they were limited to one band and uh, mostly two meters. And uh, it was uh, a very limited product that was out there. And now now we have a, a plethora of uh, radios to choose from, from the super inexpensive to, <clears throat> to the expensive. In fact, as I was kind of researching today looking at uh, prices i just went on the hro website and i just started looking at hts and talk about 600 hts yes there is one it's the ic52a and it's wow. 649 so 650 dollars what a, yeah Damn. <laughs> i was a, i was Ouchie. blown away that's like a like, new cell phone smokes. i mean i, I don't want to mm-hmm. open a bag of worms here but i know the cell phones and the but an ht is pretty limited 
in terms uh-huh. of what it can do. It can do the digital stuff, but that's that's hefty. Okay, so that's yeah, why we we're thinking about that. Go ahead, Steve. And then there was a. Uh, I got my notes right in front of me. Then there was a <clears throat> a Yesu dual band. Oh no, that was that was only yeah a a Yesu dual band, the FT five DR, which is two meters four forty, does fusion, and that is four hundred fifty nine dollars at HRO. So I mean, there's so they're there. And then the cheapest we come across is the infamous Bofang from Amazon mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. $26.99. So, so we can go from $27 all the way up to $650. I know that people want to give you a hard time. My perception, see, my, my thing has always been radio is radio from, you know, because mm-hmm. my father was a CB guy, uh, one of my early mentors elmers they're called in our in our hobby here uh came out of cb a lot of folks came out of cb so i don't really you know i look at it strange radios radio whatever but um i knew that i mean all you want to hit on your podcast or you want to hit on your youtube make a video about bofang and next thing you know it is like and it's like this feeding frenzy i think a lot of the prepper world got into these radios Mm -hmm. because they were you drop them in the river and you're like 25 bucks out or whatever it may be. But I got to tell you an interesting story that can be heard uh, on our 73, which is the podcast that's uh, that's also now running, recorded it. Uh, Steve, you might know this. You might know the story, but in the back channels and it's shared a little bit more on that show uh, that's coming out this week, in fact is that a Bofang radio saved Scotty's life. Saved his life. Okay, so that's all you really need to know, is that it worked when it needed to work and saved a guy's life. Um, but check out that podcast for the full skinny. And I know that he's upgraded, but Scotty, tell us a little bit about um, your experience getting an HT and your, you know, when you were first licensed. Oh well, the uh, the uh, ubiquitous UV5R was uh, the very first uh, uh, two meter you know uh, rig that I that I got, um, and I actually ended up collecting quite a few of them. I have a a few over here on the shelf. One of one is which you mentioned uh, that we talked about on the other on the hour seventy three. Um, and to be honest, I have not. Uh, upgraded my HTs beyond getting the 8-watt version <laughs> of the Bofang. Um, I toyed with getting, uh, I saw an FT, Yesu FT60 for a great price at uh, HamFest uh, last year, and I should have pulled the trigger on it. I only wanted 50 bucks for it, and that radio still sells for $200 plus new. So, and, but uh, oh, It's a little cheaper right now. Is it? I have, it's, uh, 100, it's 154 99 Oh damn! Dang so for FTC, kind of, yeah. So it's reasonable. That is reasonable. But um, uh, yeah, I uh, should have got that FT60 for fifty bucks when I had the chance, but uh, didn't really feel like I needed to. One of our net controllers, Don, he says the Yesu FT65R is under one hundred dollars. Um, uh, let's see. Dollars. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, TX wow. Radio DX Transmit Radio DX. I guess that is. Uh, hello to you, sir. Is anyone else a little underwhelmed with the Anytone 878? I haven't uh, tried that radio, so don't know. I've heard of that company, though. Um, Big Ben says the FT5D is a great radio. He likes his a lot. 
Uh, and Kyle, he's saying here in our chat during the live show, start with a UV5R. Depending on your interest, you may not even end up using HTs very much. Anyway, I don't. If you do, get a better one later and have a decent backup. So there you go. Some of the, we can go over to um, some of the social media posts, Steve. Uh, a little uh, little bit complicated in in the answers because it's, Interesting. Old Craig says, unfortunately, you mentioned the truly budget-friendly HT, and the old farts think that they're better than all the new guys. Um, uh, do nothing but gun you down uh, as a hack. But many of those guys have them, and they just don't tell anyone. Have you ever seen a situation where uh, the old farts actually have these radios, but they don't tell because... Yeah, they won't say anything. Some of them will. Uh, some don't care, but others, they, you know, they're they're too proud. And uh, God help them if they admit that they got a bowfang. And uh, hmm. it's, but uh, you know, it's it is hypocritical when they start, uh, you know, ragging or bagging on somebody. It's like, oh, you're using a bowfang, and uh, and honestly, I've heard some of the bowfangs on the air and they sound a whole heck of a lot better than some of the other big three radios that's I mean, interesting there's been some that have sounded really well i know one guy that is he's an audio snob when it comes to two meter fm i mean super snob and uh he was singing the praises of bowfangs and it was like holy smokes it's uh you know so it's it, they get a you know they get ranged on because you know they're 20 they're throwaway radio i mean the to get a replacement battery costs as much as a radio so if it if it fails you toss it and get another one what's the problem it's where it's made and what the programming is what yeah. what they have they're hung Pro up about mm -hmm. the problem it, yeah it's a chinese radio and it's uh but if you get like an ft65r which is labeled as yesu it's actually made in china but the uh the programming on it is a lot easier. I have found, and I've heard from many, many people, they say that the programming on the on the Bofangs are kind of confusing. And uh, if you need to do it from the keypad, uh, the, the consensus has been use uh, the software. And they're usually pretty good about including an interface cable. And uh, you can use the Chirp software to, to program it like a lot of other radios. So it's... Chirp, chirp the, all the way. It's there are products out there to help get it programmed, but if you have to do it on the fly um, from the keypad, it's uh, it's a little different. And uh, but uh, like everything else, it's the learning curve. I think a, you know a good starting point. You know what I mean? All I needed to hear was it saved a guy's life and it made the trip to cross the road to get help. And you know I think that's why Scotty had this radio. So. You know, for one, it worked. Uh, let's see. John says he started out with a Bofang, the UV5R, under $25. He says you can't beat that. Another, um, James says, when I was a tech, I bought a Bofang. Once I found a club, I bought a used Kenwood. I later sold the Kenwood uh, to a new tech and bought a TYT MD2017. Uh, let's see some people talking about getting into HF. We can we'll talk about that uh, on this show as well. Uh, let's see the most budget friendly from John. He says uh, yet quality 
HTs are the Yaesu uh, FT65 and FT70, the new budget-friendly ZHF rigs, a uh, little bit of HF there. We can come back to that a little bit later. Uh, so it's all, and you know what, I guess we have to describe what's, what's uh, cheap and what's inexpensive, what's budget-friendly. I'd say $25 is certainly budget-friendly, but $100, I would think that that's, that's probably good. That's a pretty good price point, I think. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm going to venture out to say anything under 150 is pretty budget-friendly. Um, but once you start getting it three, $400, then that's, that's, you know, takes a you know, hit to the budget there. And they're packing those expensive ones with just digital capability. I mean, is that the, the big difference? You get a little more? Yeah, you get uh, probably different. I'm um, looking at my list here. Um, so yeah, the more expensive ones, uh, have been, they have digital mode in it. So that runs the, uh, the price up probably the software, the ambi chip, the licensing fees. Um, but when it came down to the, a lot of them, especially in the Yesu, so you got the VX six, it's a, that one's a tri-bander. So that one is a two meter, two twenty, and four forty, and that's mm. two fifty. And so you got a tri-bander there, but that's the only one that's tri-band out of the list that I came up. Most of them, I just kind of focused in on, on dual bands. Um, ICOM has the T10, which right now is out of stock. That's another dual band, just FM, and but that's 240 uh, from ICOM. But it seems like, uh, I mean, you got a Linko that has a, a VX50T, which is $100.00. Um, but Yesu seemed to have the biggest, uh, list of, of, you know, offerings for, uh, HTs, mainly dual bands and two of them, you know, out of the list that I compiled is that does fusion and the cheapest one was a 70 DR. So that dual band, you can do fusion with it and it's $175. So if, you know, if you got a budget of $200, there you go, you can do analog and digital. Uh, Mark says his TYT has uh, his tri-band at $70. Uh, ben says FT5, Wires X, uh, C4FM, APRS, uh, uh, GPS on that. Spike says uh, his first HT was the HTX202, cost him 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Bob, he is KE4QCY. He says, not a popular view, but I would, I would advise a new ham not to buy a cheap Chinese radio. Again, I think it's that price point. I mean, I I don't know that I want a Japanese radio for three hundred to six hundred dollars, especially coming in. I think it's super off putting for the new ham. I think you have to have that market to mm-hmm. to that to kind of get in to you know. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I'm I kind of against. Uh, you know, not going for something cheap, especially for someone brand new it, um, nowadays, because it you might come in, a lot of people come in and they have kind of expectations of what the hobby is going to be. And um, they get into the hobby and then they turn around and if they dump a bunch of money into the hobby and it doesn't fulfill what they're, what they want to accomplish now they got all this equipment they got to get rid of a 25 30 handheld radio 
and that's pretty much you know that's a couple of uh, Starbucks coffees and you know go and you go from there so I while I kind of agree it's I to stay away from the cheap stuff on the other hand I think it's a great way to to find out whether the hobby is is for you and this hobby is not for everybody and uh, some people you know are kind of either they're forced into it or badgered to get into the hobby and uh they get their ticket and then it's like they're they're not into it so i kind of look at it here's an inexpensive way to to try it before you buy it and if you don't like it then you just either give it away to someone else or or take it down to the recycle center and call it good throw it in the junk drawer and forget about it (laughs) exactly yeah, no, I say I I totally agree, uh, and that's kind of what got me to this point was, you know, if I had, you know, if I was gonna, if I had to spend two hundred dollars to buy a radio to, to, to only to find out that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't into it, no, that would have been a turnoff right at right out of the gate, um, being that I could spend twenty five bucks. Um, I actually had my radio before I even thought about going to get my ticket, because uh, because of the the first flood that we had in town, I I, I was going to use the radios for the the friends in town regardless of having a ham license or not and was, that having that and uh, was part of the inspiration for me to go further with getting my license so our friend re he is kilo one a us alpha united sierra for a budget ht bofang uv5 series are very popular and work fine a lot of people complain about them being difficult to manually program but once you learn the process it really isn't that bad um, so yeah, there's, uh, a, a, again, the old, uh, adage, they would say, ask, uh, what five or 10 hams uh, with their opinion. And you're going to come up with different answers, uh, five different you're answers, gonna get 50,000 different opinions. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. But, uh, let's talk about that a little bit, uh, in a minute here. We're going to take a little break here. I'm going to tell you, oh, oh, oh yeah. This week in radio history. On July 20th, 1897, Steve and I were just wee lads. We used to play with something we call a sweet ball. Can't talk about it beyond that. The Wireless Telegraph and Signal Company is formed and founded in England in 1897 on July the 20th. Also on the 20th, oh, kick it, Marconi dies. Maybe I should have some more solemn music for Mark Tony, uh, his death, but uh, sorry. He died 1937 on July 20th. And on July 24th, 1939, the first experimental FM stations go on the air. We know everything went cray-cray when FM hit. And the AMs were like, I don't know about this. It's kind of bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's bad. They're going to wipe us out. Still, AM still around. Kick it. All right. There you go. want to let you know that uh, to check out the Hour 73 podcast, show looks beyond the first 72 hours of preparation to explore self-reliance as a lifestyle. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts and visit Hour73.com. Building skills and rebuilding community. And if you act now, You'll hear Scotty's story about a bullfang that saved his life. Woo! Woo! Oh, speaking of Scotty, 
There's some things going on, some events happening in ham radio. What's going on in the world? Let me me drag my document around so I can uh, read it. Get get, get, get some more screens. What do we got going on here? I I got two. We got some uh, got some uh, events. We got the uh, Tennessee uh, Tennessee State Parks on the Air is happening on uh, next weekend, July thirtieth and thirty first. So that's the State Parks on the Air, Tennessee. Um, the uh, Radio Society of Great Britain is having uh, their uh, Islands on the Air um, uh, events. Um, that's also happening the weekend of July thirtieth and the thirty first. Uh, and then uh, there's going to be a special event station, uh, Whiskey Nine Zulu Lima. Um, operating from July 20 through the 31st at the uh, Experimental Aircraft Association Air Venture um, events, so that'll be that'll be cool. And it's a very popular oh, gosh, gosh. Uh, experimental aircraft, uh, basically convention, and there's going to be a, a, a guy running a, a special event station there for the week. So that's happening, and that's in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. All right. And so that's uh that's what we got happening next weekend. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it here as we do the show live uh, to YouTube. And uh, after we record the live podcast, we have coverage of the Sunday Evening Net, which happens every Sunday, 7 o'clock Central. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it. We'll get to it. Now let's get to the other stuff. Uh, This might be a little esoteric for an evening. I, I don't know. But Steve... We know, and I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but uh, safe to say we have a lot of technicians every year. I don't know. We could probably look this number up of how many. But we have a hard time converting the technicians to generals. And this is a problem. Like, I think this is a real problem. And I wonder, I don't want to take shots in the dark or throw shade as i do the air quote as the kids would say i don't know <laughs> old kids i don't know what they say anymore I'm, I'm so old i don't even know but anyway um you know is there a industry and i oh man it is a bucket of worms because i think the amateur radio business community is struggling right now we're in a recession all this is kind of happening around us but i think in in, in better days is the price point of an HT radio by the big three or the big makers contributing to the problem that we can't convert? No. I, okay. I think it's just... Wrong I, answer, I, Steve. Wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, over I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And I'm, I don't necessarily feel this way, but I'm, I'm wondering if that... The, the entry point... Go ahead, Steve. Didn't mean to cut you off. I... I, there's a number of things and, and I'll just go, I just use my wife as example. And, um, she has no interest of going beyond her technician class license. She likes FM and that's it. She likes the clarity. Uh, she doesn't like the, the, when it gets, when the signal gets weak and staticky, she gets frustrated and, but when you're dealing with full quieting FM signal, she loves it. But uh, when it comes to um, HF, no, doesn't hmm. want to have anything to do with it. And hmm. I just feel a, a lot of people, that's it. They, I've known guys that are super intelligent, can pass their, their general and extra class test easily. They just have no interest of uh, of expanding they they just like 
operating in the VHF UHF world and they just kind of stay there. They found their little niche and uh, they go there. And I think a lot of people, they get into the hobby and they kind of go, okay, this is cool. And they're, they're happy there. And they just, either they don't get the exposure. Um, we're not doing a good job of exposing them. Or if they do uh, go to general, then they stop there. They don't go beyond. They, they just, they seem to be content. But uh, it's, I, it's tough to figure out why, you know, a technician doesn't want to go beyond general. I'm always encouraging people, okay, you just passed your general. Keep on going. Get one more test, one more test. You get your extra and you're done and, uh, and get that behind you. But uh, a lot of people, they have, they, they have preconceived notions that it's too hard or they just have no interest. So it's, it's a tough one. Speaking of hour 73, I think a lot of people who are interested in preparedness get a radio a license as a tool in their preparation kit. And it's just it's just like having a wrench of five eighths or whatever it is. And it's just in there and they don't necessarily take it too much further. They just have it there and it's a part of their plan, I guess. Scotty, uh, what do you think? I guess my initial question was the price point of HT radios and technicians getting into the game. Yeah, I think uh, I think why uh, at least uh, in my experience with some folks that I know um, didn't make the transition into the HF world by getting their getting their general or going further with their extra is uh, just they haven't really been properly exposed to the HF capabilities. They haven't you know they haven't hung out at a at a guy's house that's got an H an HF rig and and uh, you know work in the world on a wire hanging out their window. Um, and I think uh, I think. I think a positive exposure to HF um, would convert at least some of the folks that that uh, I know um, to being a little bit more serious about uh, advancing their licenses so they can get into uh, playing in that world because it's I mean that was the best thing I ever did was go from tech to to general and hopefully in two weeks I'll be extra. Oh, we didn't know you were studying. Can we get a camera in there where you take your test? No pressure. <laughs> and hopefully my brother will be technician oh, cool. the same day. So that's nice. the plan anyway. Awesome. Um, and I wish I had been exposed to uh, HF um, earlier than I was. Um, and when I, when I first was like, oh, man, this, so this, this is ham radio. I, this is what I always envisioned it would be, not just a walkie-talkie uh, talking to folks in the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, I, I think exposure... Um, to some of these texts, uh, or lack of exposure is what's keeping them back. They just don't know. Oh, that's a good point. One point for you, Scotty. Uh, sorry, uh, Steve, not so fast. <laughs> uh, Big Ben was saying, I have a friend who wants nothing other than tech. All he's looking for is local comms. And I've talked about this on the show with Steve. It may uh, precede your time with us, Scotty, with the local Aries team here. The head of the Aries team was a technician. And that's all he wanted to do. And he was the he was the leader of this Aries team locally. And the Aries, for anybody who may be uh, tuned in or listening to this later, um, you know, it's Amateur Radio Emergency Service. It's a group that's sort of attached to our league. And uh, they help people when they can and when they're um, asked to help. But you can join as uh, one of my first entries. I mean, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, was emergency communications. Now, that was it. I mean, my father exposed me, which is a great point by Scotty. 
exposed me to CB radio and local communications and truckers going down the road and honk, honk. And, you know, I was like, wow, he's like talking to a guy going through town. You know, this is pretty cool. And, um, but the other part was this sort of emergency situation, which my father also, we talked about this on the other podcast a little bit. When a little girl got lost, my father went out with his CB friends in the town and they were looking for this child who got lost. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I was seven or eight years old. I was thinking, this is the coolest thing. Like, this is really something. And now there's a whole different conversation about where emergency communications has gone in the hobby and in the service, but that's something for a later day. But I, I'd say, yeah, exposure, that's a good, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one there. Sorry. Let me move on. But I, I just wanted to make the point of the uh, local Aries guys, the top dog, uh, HT, HT and uh, technician license. Scotty, what are you laughing at? At my short-term memory loss? Are you trying to imply something? <laughs> Easy, Jerry. Easy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It seemed a little yeah, low. I mean, it, it just adjust. people get comfortable into their, uh, they get into their lane and they don't want to deviate out of it. They uh, like, you know, you, that gentleman, uh, he was a technician, didn't even want to hear about HF. Didn't, you know, I was like, oh, no, you know, you know, Aries, we, you know, we got repeaters, we got this and that. And it's like, yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But if it's not there for some reason, then, you know, you got other options. And uh, but no, they they just don't want to get outside their lane all right uh a big pap 408 he's kc2 b k m if not for special events and rare dx chasing i would not be on hf at all kyle says i got general basically accidentally and so glad i did i love working hf way more than i thought i would all right, question from Greg there. I'm just scrolling down. Let's see. Uh, Greg says, is it more important for tech class to upgrade or simply be active? feel like if, mm. there are, if they are happy as a tech and are active, then it's still good for the hobby. Totally, yes. totally agree. That's totally, totally fine. Absolutely. absolutely. Totally fine. It's just an interesting number. I mean, it's, a, it's like hundreds of thousands of technicians don't, don't convert. It's not like 60. It's hundreds of thousands of people and i don't have the number but uh, but it was a high number of technicians that aren't turning that corner and it's a, just a question of you know why they all can't be just content you know I, I, maybe i i don't know what do i know i don't know they just don't know they just don't know i mean <laughs> you make your first hf content and this, this could be a good uh, good time for us to transition here Take a little break and all that, but uh, continue. Put your questions down. Oh, let me let me let you guys answer that question. Uh, being content, Steve. Uh, that's good enough, right? Being content and active. Yeah, I I think that's awesome. I mean, they're they're active in the hobby and they're they're content. Uh, who are we to come and say you need to upgrade? You need to upgrade. You need to get that general and extra class, or you're not a true ham. And that's not right. And that's not. No, right i mean you're a ham you got your ticket you've uh you're operating you're enjoying the mode that and uh the bands that uh give you the satisfaction you know it's your hobby and you enjoy it your way oh. 
Enjoying the band and the hobby, getting satisfaction. That's a a little weird. (laughs) That's a little weird. Getting satisfaction should not cause a flag in uh, HR. What band are we talking about? What band are we talking about? We're talking about backstage at uh, Dizzy Gillespie's show. Come on, Sherry. Jeez and rise. No, I'm just happy to concert. That's, That's what it's all about. Yeah, be active. That's good. I guess that's the part. And that's a business thing, too. I think they're really trying to figure out how to get these technicians to get on in there because uh, oh, yeah. selfishly, the expense rises um, that when you get an HF. It doesn't have to, and we can talk about that. It doesn't have to get crazy, but your radio start to cost more. Waka. Mm-hmm. Waka, waka. All right. Girl. Did you know, girl? I got that HF tuna hooked up to the, <laughs> to the fan. It's gonna be so fun tonight, girl. It's so hot, but the fan and that tuna. I like when you tune me up. Guess I got taser, baby. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, Bioino Power. If you're looking for a power solution. Check out Bioino Power, offering the best lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioinoPower.com. That's B-I-O-E-N-N-O Power.com. And uh, some good folks over there. I use the Bioino Power. People do ask me, you know, what, um, you know, I don't just take the money from any old willy-nilly thing. I like to use the products that, that sponsor and that sort of thing. But there you go. Scotty, what's going on? Uh, we got any ham fest still going? It's so hot outside. I was just glancing over at my BioNO battery. Yes, sir. Yes, we do have some ham fest going on. July 30th, uh, Greater Nashville and Middle Tennessee Ham Quest uh, is happening. Ooh, Ham um, Quest. Ham Quest. Um, July 30th <laughs> also, uh, the East uh, Central Indiana Ham Fest. And also, again, on July 30th, a big uh, Saturday, so... Uh, Columbia Valley Amateur Radio Club Ham Fest um, is happening as well. So there's uh, some of the some of the bigger ham fests happening around this weekend coming up. All right, all right. I'm gonna load up that fan, baby. You hit the button when I say we're ready to go. Okay, baby. Not before. Not before. Yeah, leave Scotty alone. He's longingly looking at his bioeno battery. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Oh, he's longing. For- oh, oh. <laughs> Take it easy. Getting out of control here. Welcome to all the new people. If you're new and interested in amateur radio and you're new uh, hanging out with us in the live sense, I'm sorry. This was your, your gateway to amateur radio. But say new in the chat. Put new in front of it. There's some really good people. We like to have a good time when we get together and hang out. It, it's been one of those crazy weeks, man. It's been crazy busy. I know uh, the three of us have been crazy busy. I know when I don't see you around the Discord server and I can't type anything, we, we're too busy. We're too dang busy uh, for it. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, first HF radios. This is a whole different thing. Now, say you've made the jump from your technician license to your general. Very exciting time. I remember driving out after taking that test. Can you guys dig it? Do you remember those days? I remember pulling out. It was at a library in, I think, a little town called Oakland, Missouri. In Missouri, it's down south of St. Louis. 
long ass ride home. But I was so happy when I pulled out. And the old boy, you can't see this as you're listening to the podcast. They're grading it, you know. You're there. It's kind of like, remember back to your uh, your days in school. But at least they took the thing away and they'd grade it away from your face. This, they're right there. You're right. And there's only like three people taking the test. And he just happens to pull yours and he's looking at you. And uh, hold on. Sorry, Sherry. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> it's not. That didn't happen there. That didn't happen. Let me just go back. Not the Dizzy Gillespie show. Jeez. Anyway, they look at, you know, he's grading and they give you a little glance up, like, and back down to the marking. And then you see the big red X, like, because you you know how many you can get wrong. Uh, But anyway, I remember getting, uh, he looked up at me, kind of gave me this, like, nod, and, like, I did it. And I felt like this great thing and i was like oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna change my call sign i'm gonna like you know and i spent hours endless hours looking for the perfect call sign it's a whole different story talk about getting your i know it's different might have been different for you steve because uh, you've been in the game such a long time but uh getting that ticket as we call it getting uh with that feeling going from first to the next uh, level It was, uh, oh, for me, it was going from, you know, when I got my general, I had to go down to the FCC office. So back in the day, we, um, before the VEs uh, came along, we, uh, we had to go to the FCC office. And it was uh, basically held uh, on a Wednesday for, they did the amateur test. And uh, so first you had to pass your code. And uh, the first time I went, I didn't do so well. I didn't pass my code. But I took my general written and that I was able to, uh, because I already had my novice, I was able to get my technician class license. So I I, I came out not totally disappointed, but somewhat disappointed. And then I had to wait uh, to go back. And usually I have to do this during the summertime because I was still in high school and my parents weren't going to say, oh, what do you mean? You're going to go down to the FCC office and miss a day of school? No, that's not going to happen. So usually I have to wait till the, um, till, uh, the summertime to uh, make the trek to the FCC office. And the one that we, I had to go to, we had this little three-foot-high nothing of a woman, and she would scare the bejeebies out of everybody. Mm. She was a tough one. And uh, I watched guys uh, much older than me just just be destroyed and they would uh she would just lay them out verbally basically and uh yeah i mean it was rick uh, she would have taken rick flair down hard oh man (laughs) she was she was uh, was a tough old cookie (laughs) so uh but uh, coming out of the fcc office and passing and uh was uh was great and then it was like oh can't use the ticket because we didn't have the the rules that and regulations we have now i had to wait uh, for six to eight weeks before mm. a piece of paper came in the mail that said now you can use your privileges so uh, a lot has changed but uh i and then i eventually got my ad- advanced and i stayed there for many many years and then uh and then uh, upgraded to uh, to extra, 
uh, here, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or something like that. Mark says that a sidecar cranked the Model T and headed into the big city. <laughs> no, no, no. I got on the horse. The horse and carriage. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Get up there, mule. <laughs> Let's go. The Model T. Jeez, you thought I, I, I wasn't that rich. We should have had it now. We should have had it now. Uh, let's see. Spike has a question. Are there any hams participating in the EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh? Well, they're holding a special event, so it must yeah. be. At least and one. I know Ray Novak goes there every year um, because ICOM's real big in the aviation radio war, uh, arena. And then um, Dan, uh, he's uh, lives not too far from there. So yeah, there's there's amateurs that are. Uh, that are active with the, you know, the Oshkosh event. And, and Scotty mentioned, Spike, listen, Scotty mentioned it earlier. Good answer, Steve. That's uh, 500 points for you. Hello to Great Lakes <laughs> Reliance. Hello from Michigan. It's Rob, K-8-I-B-X. Now let's talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about your Scotty. When you got your uh, general, what, what do you remember about that day? I remember I was uh, I was feeling uh, I had been studying for for a long time before I went. I would uh, when I was doing recording sessions um, at the studio. If I was doing like a, I did a lot of audio books for a, for a spell there, and so that was perfect time while I was rolling um, on the uh, the voiceover artist to um, log into my uh, ham test online account <laughs> and basically just studied for my general while I was at work. Okay, well uh, he's very honest. So I felt very confident going into the uh, the tests. Of, and we had done in Laurel the VEs um, in Laurel, Maryland here um, at a little I think it's a little a uh, little Lions Lions Club uh, office that they have there. And uh, yeah, so I was excited and uh, and I, I felt I did good. And um, I saw the VE after the test, and he's like, "Oh, you aced it, man! You aced it!" And oh, I was like, yes. Sweet. And uh, I went home, and then I started shopping for HF freaks. I didn't have one yet. Yeah, understood. Yep, perfect. Now, that's a perfect transition into, and we don't even have a lot of time here, but our friends who have gathered here in the chat, as they mingle and chat amongst themselves, let us know what your first HF radio was, maybe what your budget was. That's a good number. Tell us what your initial budget for an HF, HF station was. Uh, Steve, what did you do once you got to the part where you could move into the magic land of HF? What was your plan? Well, I got my novice. That's strictly all HF back back then. So I had some surplus uh, gear and uh, and a simple receiver that I scrounged up, and uh, that's how I started. And then uh, the high school I was attending, we assembled a uh, an HF station. Uh, a Heath Kid Apache receiver someone donated to the club and a a ARC-5. So uh, all you old-timers, these were the radios that were used in uh, primarily in World War II. They're just little little radios do about, I don't know, 20 watts or something like oh, that. Oh, I thought you, you, you got your radio and worked on Noah's ARC. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. I blame I Mark radio, for this. I was his radio <laughs> operator. Did, don't you remember? I'm going to need two radios, Noah. You need two. <laughs> I need two. You need two radios. I need Mark, Mark's two of each. Two Mark's feeling it in that tonight. Yeah, he took a nap. I heard about his nap in the Discord. If you uh, want to join our Discord, you can uh, check that out. But then you start to know the habits and the sleeping patterns. of the. But now he's on fire. Sorry, yeah, Steve. It was too easy. It was too easy for me. Okay. So awesome. But yeah, that was the the, the first, and then uh, and then I transitioned into the VHF UHF world, and you know, kind of hung out there for a while, and uh, and then uh, once I got a place of my own, then I dove into um, back into HF, and uh, so one of the first HF radios I. I got well, I got used from a coworker, oh, it was his brother's, and it was this little FT seven oh seven, little Yesu, and uh, that kind of started it from there. And then the seven fifty seven, the eight forty seven, the three thousand, the one thousand, the one hundred one D, you name wow. it. It just I Beautiful. went downhill from there. Yesus for the win. Great answer, great answer, Yesu guy. Uh, yeah. Scotty, how about you? Your your parlay into HF radios and the magic of working across the globe. Well, I got I got my fresh general. I'm shopping for an HF. Uh, I wanted to buy something new because uh, just because of the warranty, um, and uh, my budget wasn't that great. Um, I definitely was in the sub thousand dollar range, and I had narrowed it down to an ICOM seven eighteen or a Yesu FT four fifty. Uh, ended up going with the uh, Yesu FT450D. Uh, I got it, got it for like 650 bucks new, and um, I thought it'd be good because it had uh, had a built-in tuner, had some DSP for uh, some noise reduction and uh, contours and stuff. Where the 718 didn't have uh, any of that happening, and so I I pulled the trigger on the uh, 450, and uh, now I have a uh, still have the 450. I got what do I got over here? FT. Uh, DX3000. I have a, a 1978 FT101E. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love that radio. FT DX400 in the car. A uh, 2890, a 3207. Yeah, Stay tuned <laughs> uh, for live coverage of this Sunday evening, 100 watts and wires Sunday evening net. Uh, we do that at uh, the top of the hour after we break away from the, re uh, the recording of the podcast. For me, man, it was, I think it was a 600, and it may have been 650. I got the Drake TR7 after a lot of hemming and hauling, and I needed to get a whole lot of input from people I respected and trusted, and Steve was in the pile uh, of people. Uh, Dr. Bob, Bob Heil was uh, consulting. Mm -hmm. now, now, Bob, he was very much like, and Steve knows this, but you guys probably don't know this. He was like, if it's not 100%, don't buy it. And I was like, but I saw this article in QST, and it said it was like the Mercedes-Benz of its time there. Like, I was like, wow, I even still have the clipping of, you know, like, this radio in its day was the bee's knees. It was like, you know, you couldn't afford this radio back in 1978. And I met a man in Ohio who knew the Drake family. Mr. Drake had helped build playgrounds and all sorts of things, uh, you know, in, in his town. He was very good for the... I, I still wish they made this radio, you guys. The, the Drake uh, TR7 and others are wonderful. And I paid about $650 and had so many great memories. It's still here. I don't picture a time where I'd be getting rid of it at all, but it's just one of those things. And I need to put it on the air a 
little bit more. I'm uh, guilty. I'll listen to romantically listen to the Drake net on it, and she drifts away, and people start sounding like Donald Duck. And I'm like, whoa, girly, come on back to come me on. now. Come on back. back in the lane. But that was my thing, and then it was, I mean, I fell in love. I mean, my HT, I probably couldn't find my HT after a while. You know, it was just like, I don't, I don't need that. How do I program it? I don't know. Don't need it. I'm okay. You know, that kind of thing. It was just that jump for me was so significant into the um, high-frequency work. Uh, it was great. Uh, let's see, DJ, before we uh, let you all go, he says he got the ICOM 718. Still a good radio there, that one. Got it from as a Christmas present. Bruce, he got the Kenwood TS940S for 450 bucks. Another one. Kenwood nice. back in the day. And even still, I haven't had my hands on anything they've made in the 21st century. But those Kenwood radios, boy, they still hold up. And they, they're, just, they're just Kenwood. That's why I get frustrated. I wish they'd come back and be that, you know, that big, big, big player that we all know that they could be if they committed to this market. Uh, thought on Kenwoods before I move on down the line a little bit. I got a couple other people. I oh, love them. Just, I think they're great radios. Um, when it comes to VHF, UHF, mobile radios, I just go with Kenwoods. Um, it just, I've used them for years and they've just rock solid and uh, work great. My, my first, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. No, my first real uh, two meter rig was a uh, Kenwood, uh, the, uh, the 281. I have actually I have three of those. I gave one to my brother. Even though he's not legally supposed to use it yet, but he will be in a couple of weeks. He can listen. Sounds good. He can listen. He can do it. Yeah. Um, I, growing up, Kenwood was everywhere. It was car stereos. My cousins who had a little bit more, they were in the army or whatever they were. They'd come back. Kenwood speakers, big speakers, and the big, you know, listen, everything was like, here's Judas Priest, man. Oh, you know, like, on oh, a Kenwood. Kenwood's the best. So when I made that, like, entrance into amateur radio kenwood was on the top of the list i'm like whoa i recognize that name i didn't know yesu from a, a gazoo or icon <laughs> from anything i didn't know any of that stuff but kenwood i was all over that man i was like kenwood for sure a uh, big pat 408 he's kc2 bkm he says he got the uh, icom 7200 that was a radio steve you probably remember and there's some things we probably forget too but i was i had one i mean Harder than a diamond. <clears throat> I knew that wasn't going to pass. <laughs> For the 7200. I mean, yeah. 7200 looked like it was Army, man. It looked like. And everybody was oh, like, wait, yeah. wait. And they, they had one down at uh, Dayton one year when they put the camouflage. They had it all camoed out. And it was like, wow, that's man, cool. So cool. Rails <laughs> on it. I have like, to admit the 7200 was my first love when I first started shopping. But it was out of my out of my price range. So I was like, yeah. I'll never have the cool... With the with the rack rails looking things and the yeah, it was cool. Everyone told me, wait, wait for the seventy three hundred. I was like, what do you mean wait? Uh, uh-uh, I don't want to wait. I don't wait. When I was going to upgrade, you know, it took a lot of saving, and I was ready to pop on that seventy two hundred man. And people were like, just wait. I'm like, you guys suck. <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> and then it was like seventy three hundred, and oh everybody went nutty the people's radio <laughs> oh man it, it went nutty uh exactly. but yeah man it, it was a great a great price a great look i knew it was a cool radio and everybody was like hold on hold on hold on a little bit more uh, a couple more before we head out of here uh rich says his uh first radio was the uh, ts120 and elmer gave it to him 
when he was a novice. I love that. I love that. It was given to him. Don says his first HF radio was a 7300. Budget was under $1,200, and he got a Yaesu FT891. Let's see, James, he got his first, was an Alinko DX10, 10 meters, 25 watts, uh, two 10-meter hamsticks, and a dipole. He was a new technician. Nice. TX Radio DX says, my dad loaned me an FT897D, which I still use. I love that radio, and I consider that one the one that got away. I, I, uh, I had bigger plans uh, for an amplifier, and I had that radio that I just wasn't using, and Sometimes you got to let them go, but that was a cool, cool radio for sure. Those are cool little radios, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Great Lakes Reliance says his uh, first HF rig was a Yesu. You guys will like that. The 450D. He still got it. Look at that. Uh, Big Ben traded a pistol for an FTDX 1200. I hope oh, it was the high point that you traded there, Ben. <laughs> I'd love to find a 950. So there you go. And uh, Mark Kenwood TS uh, 130. S for $300 was his first. Big Ben, tra- uh, trading a pistol. You know, you need what you need, so you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, and that's good. Uh, Spike got a new uh, Kenwood 590. So there you go, guys. There's yeah, a good range of a cross-section nice of uh, getting into, as a technician, some things it looks like we figured out. You can get in from about $25 up depending on your budget <laughs> uh, really and the same I think is true with um, HF we didn't even talk about that icom radio that costs what more than a car I mean that was ridiculous with 51 something or whatever it was remember that one so you can get in uh, as cheaply as you can get in and go all the way up to scary wow you are a rich man type of stuff yeah on you, HF and truly going to six-digit figures <laughs> in this hobby if you choose. And there are people that have, but uh, but you can get in as cheap as twenty six ninety nine. Yep, and it might just save your life. Listen to that story on Hour 73. It'll come out this week. It's fascinating stuff, what a inexpensive radio can do because radio is just cool. That's all I can say. I want to leave you with the thought of uh, this. Let us know what you're struggling with. We're interested in trying to help you. It is about... Uh, helping other people and taking care of others, especially new people that are coming in. Uh, Let us know what you're struggling with. We'd like to know that. The uh, link to reach us is in the description. Drop us a line. Let us know if you're struggling with anything specific. Show ideas, all those sorts of topics are all welcome as as well. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Steve, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, We'll be making our transition over uh, to the net, but uh, we're saying so long to our podcast listening audience. Let's see if I can get us some music to play us out. Oh, that was mean, girl. You put a little <laughs> butter on it. Shocked the bejizo out of me, girl. Yeah, I got a lot of problems, but uh, some of you already know this. Steve, thank you for coming uh, tonight, oh, hanging out, you. talking about your experiences along HF and HT. Scotty, thank you as well, sir. Pleasure as always. Uh, do some research, 100wattsandwire.com. Get your 100-watt ID. And all the information of our socials are there. We're on the YouTube. We're live streaming our Sunday evening nets over there. So you're always welcome. And uh, we'll say thank you uh, for coming by here tonight, all the friends who came by in the chat. Stay tuned over most of these same stations for the 100 Watts and a Wire Sunday evening net. 
uh, take care, stay cool, drink a lot of water, and by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 7-3, guys. 7-3. 7-3, everyone. 7-3, guys. Happy night. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.